July 1st marked the date BC assessment estimates the annual market value of properties in BC. We'll let you know how that works and what it might mean to you in this very hot market. Also, we learned that tight market conditions continue around the province, and we'll talk to Brandon Ogmanson. He's the BC Real Estate Association economist, and we'll catch up with him in about 20 minutes. John, what are some of the stories that we're talking about on Vancouver Real Estate today? Ian, you probably remember the piece our newsroom did on the Burnaby demovictions, putting a face to to the people behind this that are, are essentially getting forced out because they can't afford to live in their in their buildings, and the buildings are getting rebuilt, torn down, or uh, new new developments are going in. Um, I know you've talked about it a bit today uh, with some people about uh, the fact that. Uh, the, the the Mounties have moved in. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you remember the story that Matt and Simon Little did? Matt Lee and Simon Little did. They they really put a face to this story. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know this this story just came to life over the past few weeks. Uh, people have been protesting. It, it's a, it's a serious issue. And uh, a day after the injunction against them was handed down, uh, Mounties uh, locked up the Burnaby apartment block, which is at the center of this anti demoviction uh, protest that's been going on. Um, however, a couple hours after that, the Mounties left, leaving three or four protesters actually inside, promising they will resist any police action to remove them. Uh, Martin Fernandez says he was a tenant at the building, along with his 73-year-old mother and two uh, young sons, until he was recently evicted from it. He says uh, he lays the blame for the growing problem of redevelopment for properties on Burnaby's uh, mayor, Derek Corrigan. He and calls the Occupy protesters social workers for standing up for the evicted tenants. And they are breaking the law. Who is breaking the law? They or Mr. Corrigan? Mr. Corrigan, the mayor and the provincial and federal government are the ones that are breaking the law for the people. Of course, Ian, we reached out to Burnaby Mayor Derek Corrigan, and he says he understands all of the demoviction protesters' frustrations, but he adds development is necessary. They have to accommodate a growing city in Burnaby. The reality is we can't stop that kind of development as the commitment has to be to increase the amount of housing to be able to accept all of the people that are coming in from other countries to live here. So we can't say no. He actually lays a bit of blame on higher levels of government. I don't blame people out there who are suffering the consequences for being frustrated. The problem is they consistently vote for governments that aren't doing the things that are necessary to ensure that they are able to get the kind of accommodation they need. It's interesting, isn't it, that uh, there is no social housing, or at least housing for homeless, Mm -hmm. in Burnaby. Mm-hmm. And here's yet another mayor now following in the footsteps of the Vancouver mayor, laying the blame firmly at the feet of the provincial government. So it's a curious situation how there's a lot of buck passing going on here. Seems to be also a big story this week, Ian. Finance Minister Mike DeYoung says the legislature will convene July 25th. They'll consider changes to the Vancouver Charter and this to allow the city to create a tax on vacant homes. Uh, he says the legislature's approval for a change to the charter is the best approach. They won't have to camouflage it as a business tax. They won't have to find some way to, to manufacture legal authority. If the city of Vancouver wishes to do this, our view is that they should have the clear statutory authority to do so. NDP housing critic David Eby says the province spent the last 12-week session ignoring his party's proposals to tackle the affordability crisis. He says the only reason the province is taking action now is because they're looking at their poll numbers in Metro Vancouver. And the action that they're allegedly taking is, as always, the absolute least that they could do. 
Imagine this, that they're asking the city of Vancouver to do their job of protecting the interests of Metro Vancouver residents who can't afford to buy a place uh, simply because they're unwilling to do it themselves. So, Ian, we looked at elsewhere in B.C. and uh, looked at other municipalities and cities to see if there's any appetite for an empty homes or vacant tax in their cities. Victoria Mayor Lisa Helps. We have to get a handle on housing that is being purchased and left vacant. We certainly know that there is that going on here. That data we don't have, but there are at least 32 derelict properties which are vacant, which could be taxed immediately if you know as soon as we have this in place. And she says having another tool in the toolbox would help other cities trying to tackle the crisis. Help says she's heard several real estate horror stories from residents in Victoria. Other municipalities like Richmond and the city of North Vancouver have been debating the empty homes tax question. And uh, that's where uh, we'll go right now. And the the uh, affordability in those cities uh, or the uh, the lack of affordable rental housing units are an issue there as well. Um, several other municipalities looking at that. At 0.4%, North Vancouver City Mayor Daryl Masato says they have the same problem, but they haven't yet considered Vancouver's idea. Well, we really haven't delved into that. We don't really know the consequences. There's probably short-term and long-term consequences, and if it's if it's a, a really positive one, we sort of look at that. So we'd have to look at uh, specifics that the provincial government would have for us and to see if it would work in our communities. Richmond has a rental vacancy rate of 0.9%. Malcolm Brody, uh, the mayor, says he has reservations about the empty home tax. How are they going to define vacancy? Where are they going to draw lines? How do you truly look at the motivation of the owner of a property to keep a property vacant? Physically, how long can someone be in there before it's not vacant? Secondly, how do you enforce this kind of a provision? Ian, there's a growing problem in Metro Vancouver's crazy housing market. You can sell your house and you can make a lot of money, but you have to pay an arm and a leg just to buy something else. And it's no different for seniors who may have purchased decades ago, paid the mortgage off years ago, and appear to be sitting on a gold mine. And BC Seniors Advocate Isabel McKenzie says... How does that senior untap the equity in that home to help supplement their income? Because at the end of the day, it actually doesn't matter what the value of the house is that you're sitting in. It doesn't produce any money for you. The only way you can produce money is to sell it, and then you have to go live somewhere else. Mackenzie says some seniors may opt to become renters, but with rents also climbing, Mackenzie says that's becoming an increasingly unreliable option. And uh, we're also going to look, uh, we're going to speak to Brandon Ogmanson coming up, as you mentioned, Ian. He's the uh, BC uh, Real Estate Association economist. We'll talk about the latest housing numbers in BC, and it, it essentially shows that uh, there are more and more uh, people wanting to buy, but... Uh, not too many sellers wanting to sell right now. Yeah, the inventory is low. I was speaking to a few agent friends of mine this week and say they don't have the listings. Where they were carrying three, four, or half a dozen listings, they've got one, and in some cases they've got none, and yet prices are continuing to rise. So we'll look forward to your conversation with him. Uh, it's also interesting, I think, John, that uh, the provincial government is only too willing to let the city of Vancouver and perhaps other areas uh, do a vacant home tax. However that looks, we don't know exactly, but they'll have to do all the paperwork. They'll have to do all of the, the legwork. So uh, the cost will be very interesting to see how it's offset, if at all. Uh, more on that and much more on Vancouver Real Estate Today. Brian Smith is a Deputy Assessor with BC Assessment, and we'll talk to him about annual market value when we come back on News Talk 980 CKNW. 
July 1st marked the date BC Assessment estimated the annual market value of properties in BC. And if you've been keeping an eye on local real estate prices, now is a good time to know what's happening in the housing market where you live. We're joined by Brian Smith. He's Deputy Assessor at BC Assessment to help us understand the process. And we welcome you. Good morning. Good morning. How are you guys today? Excellent. Thank you for being with us. First question for you. Why is July 1st significant when the actual notice won't arrive until January 2017? Well, July 1st is important because that's the date that we actually determine what the market value of your property is. Uh, So we look at properties that have sold in and around that July 1st so that we have a good idea as to what the probable sale price would be for your property as of that date. Mm -hmm. So how does your process work at at BC Assessment? Uh, Do you go door by door, knock, knock, uh, can we have a look around, uh, see how many cherry trees you have in the backyard? No, we, we utilize um, a bunch of different methods to collect our information. Uh, we use uh, building permits, we use real estate transactions, we talk to members of the community about you know what the real estate trends are doing within the area. We also utilize some forms of technology where we use street front and aerial imagery to collect information to ensure that the property assessments are as accurate as, uh, as they can be. Why do the market values or those, I know you would call your, uh, your system market values, but what I would call uh, market values are the listing price that you see advertised is often very different than the BC assessment value of the property. Well, if you're looking at a, a listing price today, um, the, our assessments are about a year old at this point. Um, so there, there will be a difference. And, and with a ra- rapidly increasing market, you know, our assessments are going to be appearing to be lagging behind because we used that July 1st date, and now we're July 1st of 2016. Uh, we'll be looking at the sales in and around now to give you a July 1st, 2016 valuation in January of 2017. So now that the market is, uh, and, you know, at this time right now is blistering hot, we know that, uh, it's not likely to stay like that forever. At least that's the thought. Nobody really knows for sure. But does that mean that I may unfairly pay more tax because the the market around me is so hot? Uh, That's a a tough one to say because it's, you know, the the taxes and the assessments are done differently. You know, your assessment is based on the sales within the area, and then that information gets provided to your local taxing jurisdiction to determine the tax rate uh, that will be applied to your property. Yeah. And I guess there's other factors as well, like construction, uh, age of property. Does occupancy have anything to do with it? No, it doesn't. So this is strictly based on the the structure and the property that it stands on? Yeah, so it's just based on, you know, the, the physical structure, the location of the property, some other factors about the age, you know, the condition of the house, um, and then we look at what, you know, comparable properties have sold for within that area to determine what the assessment is. So occupancy does not play a factor within our assessments. Do you look at new things as, uh, let's say, new transportation lines or, or things like that as well going into the, these neighborhoods? Yeah, we, we take a look at that and, and you know, we want to make sure that we know those type of information that in the ongoings within particular pockets of our real estate. But we will be waiting to react to see how does the market uh, react to new transportation lines coming within the area. Are we seeing an increase? And then that type of, you know, relationship will be reflected within the assessments. So when you're dealing with new construction, uh, in that theme, 
new constructions, subdivisions, rezonings, they would also have an impact on property values as well. Yes, they do, uh, you know, uh, in, in both different ways, you know, as more supply comes on, depending on what the demand is, but then also um, the, the new construction within, within a particular area is generally a signal that uh, it's a desirable area, which had, does, could have an impact on your assessment. Do you actually visit each property, or is this based on some sort of a mathematical uh, or algorithm or something along those lines? At one point in time, your property has been visited by a BC assessment appraiser, um, but now you know we don't get to every property every single year. So that's where we get the, the key information about your property. You know, size, uh, the condition, the age, the location of uh, your lot, the size of your lot, and we use those comparable sales to of properties that have sold that are similar to yours to determine what the assessed value would be. And this is not restricted to residential, is it? No, we, we do every property in BC. So that totals about 2 million uh, properties within BC that we uh, create assessment notices for. And do you have any idea what the, the value of real estate is in British Columbia? Yeah, I do. It is, um, let me just pull it up here. Yeah, so the total value of real estate is $1.34 trillion. Uh, wow. And that was as of July 1st, 2015. And that's looking at the market value of every property as of that date, and then adding them all up together to come up to one point three four. And uh, so if we're on that line of, uh, and maybe you have this in front of you as well, I'm wondering what the value of new construction might be. Do you have any uh, handle on that? The current trends, uh, no, we don't because we're, we still, we look at the new construction for the full year. So I do know that of last year, we added uh, $20.4 billion worth of new construction to the assessment role. Uh, there's been no signs that uh, there has been a slowdown in construction, uh, so I would anticipate that we would see something of a similar number for the 2016, um, the 2016 year. When the notices come out in January 2017, which is not really all that long from now, but you know people will have the usual, uh, you know, little bit of a fit when they see that their property went up because of what's happening in the market. That there's always an appeal process. Uh, approximately, how many people might appeal in any given year? Yeah, so we generally have about less than 1% of the, of our assessment notices get appealed. Uh, so that totals, you know, about 190,000 properties throughout, throughout the province. And how many of those appeals are successful? Uh, def- determine what you determine successful. Well, I'm, uh, I'm know, thinking of the homeowner. Yeah, so the the conception is that you know a number of people think that their properties you know are too high, but we also have people that appeal their assessments um, for that they feel that the property value is too low. Right. So you know to determine what a success rate is on the number of of properties that appeal and, and getting a change on their assessment, it's it's tough to say because the perception of you know somebody's assessment either wrong or right is is different to each uh, particular homeowner. So success is different for each homeowner. Would there be more uh, appeals based on residential or commercial, or is it about the same? Well, I think it's because there's, uh, you know, 87% of the properties that we value are residential or do have a residential component. So on a sheer number point, uh, definitely more residential people are appealing their assessments. Um, but the percentage of each property type, I'm not sure if it's a greater percentage of commercial properties versus uh, residential. Under what mandate do you operate? Uh, you, are you under the Ministry of Housing or under the Finance Ministry? No, we're actually under the Ministry of um, Cultural Development. Oh, interesting. Yeah, um, let me, if I can give you the exact name in one second here. Yeah, but, absolutely. Uh, I'm just wondering, if the, is that because of uh, the, the tax component? 
sorry, the tax component? Is that the, 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 the way that you're administered? Is it because of the tax component as opposed to becoming under the Ministry of Housing, for example? Well, I think it's because, um, sorry, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not quite following the question why we would be under a different ministry. Well, just I think that the ministry, you're under a cultural ministry as opposed to a land or a finance ministry. Yeah, I think it's because wanting to keep the difference, you know, the BC assessment difference so that there is no feeling that there is going to be uh, um, any influence from the finance or any of the property tax divisions on how we determine assessments. Really appreciate your time today. You've been very informative and uh, you've done a great job and uh, hopefully we've been able to share this information with people to help them understand. Brian Smith is the Deputy Assessor with Metro Vancouver, Fraser Valley and uh, BC Assessment and We'll uh, catch up with him again in the new year to see how this all unfolds. This is Vancouver Real Estate Today on News Talk 980 CKNW. The BC Real Estate Association reported this week uh, a record 12,906 residential unit sales were recorded on the multiple listing service. And what all of that means is that the market is still very robust, eh? very, very much so. And yet it appears that the inventory is shrinking. Prices are still going up. John had a very interesting conversation with Brendan Ogmanson. He is an economist with the Real Estate Association, and here's how that went. In your snapshot, can you tell us, uh, give us a summary, I guess, of what the, what these numbers tell? There's a number of interesting trends in the province uh, this month. I think the one that might get the most headlines is that it uh, looks like the Vancouver market's uh, starting to slow down a little bit. We saw year-over-year growth of only about 1% uh, in unit sales. That said, June was still a record for June, uh, but the trajectory of sales is starting to trend lower. Uh, the other big news is that if we look around the province, especially in places like Chilliwack, the Fraser Valley, Victoria, and the Okanagan, we're still seeing record housing demand. I see that uh, that new listings have gone down. I see f- almost 50% fewer listings in Victoria uh, year over year for June. Uh, also in, in Vancouver and Chilliwack and the Fraser Valley, uh, you know, 34% decrease in, in new listings. Um, is there an explanation as to, to why that is? Yeah, so that number is active listings. So that's the, the total number of, of homes for sale in the market. Uh, in June, new listings are sort of the, just the new ones. Active listings include uh, these sort of old uh, uh, listings from previous months. Uh, what we're seeing every month in a lot of markets, especially in places like the Fraser Valley and Victoria, is that that sort of marginal supply, the new listings are just barely keeping up with the amount of home sales. So every time something comes on the market, uh, it's being absorbed almost right away. And that's not letting inventory sort of build up in the market and letting markets get back into kind of a balanced condition. So we're still seeing these these were sort of what we'd call a deep seller's market or an accelerated market uh, where there's a lot of buyers, not very many sellers, and that's causing a lot of upper pressure on prices. These numbers looked at uh, June over June of last year, and I think you touched on it briefly, but uh, can you talk a bit about, say, say February to, to June and uh, kind of the market? Are we seeing, seeing a downswing in uh, home sales? Uh, in, in some markets, I mean, if we look at, at places around the province, uh, especially on the island or the Okanagan or the Fraser Valley, there's been really no slowdown at all. It's still sort of uh, you know, uh, foot all the way down on the accelerator, uh, the same way it's been since the beginning of the year. When we look at the greater Vancouver area, uh, on the contrary, though, uh, June saw pretty decent sales in, things, in, in condos and townhouses, but we are starting to see uh, single detached sales, especially in the city of Vancouver, uh, start to trend down. I think they were down year over year about 20%. Do you have a comparison to the numbers from May? I think up until about April and May, we were still seeing 
uh, uh, records monthly demand. I think up until about I think it was April or, or May. Uh, I think April was probably the all-time record. I have to, I have to check, but I believe that we we hit about 5,000 sales in in April. Um, we're clearly decelerating from there. If we look at sort of seasonally adjusted numbers, it looks like we certainly peaked in the spring, uh, and we're starting to see uh, those sales trend trend lower. I think obviously affordability is a constraint, but also uh, I think that uh, uh, families are starting to look outside of the the Greater Vancouver area a lot more. Uh, and we're just seeing sort of a general slow, and this is what we kind of tend to see uh, in, the, in past markets is that we have big run-ups uh, in, in prices, uh, and then market dynamics kind of take over and things, things slow down, and I think that's the trajectory that we're going to see now. There's this, this um, sentiment out there, I guess, that uh, you know, people, that are, are people that have owned a home for years, and you know, let's say seniors, for example, and uh, they're, they're afraid to, to get into the, or to, to sell their homes because they're afraid of, what can they buy next? Because prices keep going up and up and up. Uh, do you feel that this is part of a, uh, the reason for for fewer homes being listed on MLS, or uh, am I am I drawing to uh, conclusions that aren't actually there? No, I think, I think it's a fair question. If if you're looking at taking advantage of the current current pricing in the market, which is certainly attractive, but uh, say that you're you know a young family with kids in school or you're, you're still working, uh, it's going to be very difficult just to move within your area because prices have, have risen kind of across the board, uh, especially in the greater Vancouver area. So you can't really even say you have a, a house in, the, in, in uh, East Vancouver and you want to move to Burnaby. It's not really much of an advantage if you're looking for a single-family home. I think for people downsizing, there's still obviously uh, the ability to do that. Um, but it, it certainly is a, a constraint when there's not very much supply on the market, uh, uh, and there's not a lot of in- even, even usually when price acts as an incentive uh, to get those listings up, uh, we're not seeing that right now. Simply because I think a part of it is demographics as well. We have a lot of uh, a big cohort of people aged 25 to 40, and they're kind of in that kind of less mobile uh, uh, kind of time in their lives where they where they want to kind of uh, uh, stick around where they are currently, uh, and it makes it very difficult then to move around the province if if. Uh, uh, if you're kind of you're kind of you know in the kind of a stable situation, you can't just kind of pick up and move to to Victoria or the Okanagan or Kamloops where where homes uh, might be more affordable. Uh, what was the the average price in uh, Greater Vancouver uh, for a residential home? So in in June it, it was one just over a million dollars, a million twenty six thousand, up eleven point three percent a year over year. Year to date, uh, average for Vancouver is about close to one point one million. Uh, up 20% year-to-date in June. Are you seeing a big increase in the uh, Fraser Valley? Fraser Valley is, is increasing at a much faster clip uh, than, than even Greater Vancouver, uh, which might surprise some people. We saw average prices jump over 20% in the Fraser Valley, and they're up uh, uh, 26% year-to-date. A lot of that is in the single-family home market, uh, simply because we are seeing a bit of a ripple effect uh, it's interesting too, in that that ripple effect used to not really be there from Greater Vancouver into the, sort of the deep into the Fraser Valley, Abbotsford, and those markets. I think we're starting to see that a little bit more lately, especially because of those families that are kind of wanting to to get more space, and it's just really difficult to find, uh, for example, a three-bedroom townhouse anywhere in the in the immediate Greater Vancouver area. 
Uh, and so we are starting to see some of that migration out deeper into the Fraser Valley, and that's driving up prices. I know uh, summer months, uh, typically in most Canadian markets, uh, real estate tends to slow down as uh, families prepare for, for school coming up after the summer, and uh, things just tend to die down a bit. Uh, do you Can you give us a snapshot, I guess, uh, of what uh, you're predicting or what you see for, for the next three months or so as far as real estate uh, numbers go in, in B.C.? There's a kind of a, a typical seasonal pattern, so we're, we're heading into the lower season in July and August, and then sales pick, tend to pick up in September and October. I think, I think year-over-year sales, though, we're still tracking uh, pretty high, I think, although we might see, especially in July and August, the sales come down from where they were a year ago, especially if, if uh, you know, we're about halfway through the month right now and, and sales are tracking pretty light in a lot of areas of Greater Vancouver. Uh, that said, we still are on pace to, to set a record uh, for sales this year. Uh, so even if sales slow a little bit towards the end of the year, as, as we expect, uh, very likely that 2016 will still, we'll still see record sales for the Greater Vancouver area. John Meyer with uh, Brendan Augmentson. He's an economist with the BC Real Estate Association and uh, tight market conditions. Uh, this is the story right around the province. Prices continue to rise, but inventory is low. What's your take on this? Uh, we'd like to hear from you. John and I can take your call at 604-280-9898, 604-280-9898. If you've got something you'd like to say about what you just heard, or star 9898 if you're on your cell phone. We'll come back in just a moment. Vancouver Real Estate Today from News Talk 980 CKNW. So we've got a phone line open if you want to join us at 604-280-9898. We can talk about uh, what we just heard or anything else if you'd like. But, John, uh, an interesting interview that you had with Brendan Augmentson, the economist with the BC Real Estate Association. And essentially, the takeaway for me was that uh, we're still in a pretty tight market uh, while inventory is starting to, to wane a little bit. Prices are going up. What does what does that mean to somebody who's looking for property right now? Uh, it means you're going to have, well, you have to be prepared. You're going to be in a tight race. Uh, there's less inventory. If you're a numbers person, I'll throw some numbers at you from, from Brandon and from the BC Real Estate Association. 29% uh, less listings on the market this June if you compare it to last June. So uh, there's there's less inventory which means you know higher prices because less more competition and, and prices are going up that's sure. what brandon explained to us so 29 percent less province-wide i think it's 34 percent less in vancouver um the interesting takeaway i got from this as well is that he mentioned year to date so overall this year over last year uh you know where's the hottest market in bc it's not vancouver it's a fraser valley yeah, Fraser Valley has twenty six percent increase year over year in the 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 price and uh, or yeah the, the 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 cost of homes. Yeah. So so where are you seeing the largest increases? Where's the hottest market? It's actually according to to, to Brandon in in the Fraser Valley. Yeah, Abbotsford, Chilliwack, uh, Langley. Uh, these places are very uh, and, that, and the reason it's very simple because uh, as our friend Phil Legree has said on this show before, we're not making any more land, so people are finding more affordable housing in those areas in the valley, and now the valley's starting to not quite but almost catching up. 
to where we uh, are seeing prices in Vancouver. Definitely still a seller's market. I talked to some more home inspector people uh, this past week. They're very, very concerned. Uh, we've heard on this station that their business is down as much as 70, 80% in some cases. People are still going in and buying homes without subjects because uh, the demand is there, the, the listings aren't. And it's very easy to face a huge bill, 10, 20, 30, or more thousand dollars for sudden repairs that might come up after you move in. And after we talked about uh, talked with home inspectors on this show a few weeks ago, uh, the, B- the uh, BC Home Inspectors Association came out and said, you know, we need a cooling off period. People need to have at least three days and, and, and get a home inspection. It's, this is just insanity. Um, but, you know, people are still going in with no conditions on these offers and... Um, as you mentioned, you could be hit with a huge bill as a result. And we, I think we had a we had a caller on last week that that same thing happened to, I believe. Absolutely. You know, there's a lot of uncertainty and that's always, and, and with uncertainty comes a, a certain amount of fear. These are also emotional uh, factors that, that drive people to do things that may not be done in a, in a rational thought. And I think that's something that everybody has to be careful of. I, I'm, I'm personally right now grappling with the idea of selling my place because I want to take, take out the equity. And then I look around and it's, how far do I have to go to find a place to live? Uh, let's see what John's got to say. Good morning. Good morning. How are you this morning? Very well. How about yourself? Well, I think I'm fine. I think I, we fit into that category. I'm in my 75th year. My wife's 70, and we've been in the same house. We're in the South Langley area. We're on quarter-acre lots out here. And it's this, this year has just been absolutely wild. We've been in the same house for 42 years. Now, the point. my point is this, that, yes, we could, uh, the houses here, they're running anywhere from uh, mid to high 80s to one point whatever. Mm-hmm. And the thing being, though, is that for us to move into another place, and I will not participate in a market where there are uh, uh, subject-free uh, subject deals. I'm not interested in that. Uh, we, we just got to pay that much more to get into to downsize. So what I'm saying, like if we're just looking at a place down in a gated community in, uh, in Langley, and it's gone up to $600,000, $600,000. Well, a few months ago, that house had been on the market for the 450s, uh, maybe high fours. Are you you're retired? I take it, John. Yes, sir. So are are you in a position that uh, you want to sell so that you can use that equity to enjoy your retirement, or is it just something that is it, after forty two years it's time to go? Well, we've maintained the house, and it's no, it's not really uh, uh, the the need of the money for the retirement. Uh, it, it's maybe just downsizing because we're still able to do the grass and, you know, do our things, but I don't do any roof work. But I relate it, I say, well, I, I think it's getting time eventually, but, uh, you know, I can't get on the roof. i got to get people to do this and do that. But by the same token, if I move into a gated community, then I'm paying maintenance fees. So no, we don't want you climbing on the roof. Got to leave it there, John. Uh, good story and very, very typical of, of the type of people that we've been talking to, John. We'll deal more uh, with that and find out what the rest of the news is in real estate today. Coming up next on News Talk 980 CKNW. So, John, we just heard an interesting story from a fella in Langley that uh, 
is hoping to, at some point, after 42 years in the same place, uh, he wants to downsize and has uh, probably a fair amount of equity to work with. Yeah, John in, in Langley, I believe it was, and uh, the average residential price there in the, in the Fraser Valley, now about $705,000, and that was a 23% jump from June of last year. Actually, 34% fewer active listings for the month, though, on MLS. So that was the story that we can take out of the uh, discussion we had with the BC Real Estate Association uh, this week. When we talk about low inventory, where where would your guess be that uh, the, the biggest drop was across BC? Hmm. Just take a guess. Uh, I w- I'm, I'm going to guess uh, maybe uh, Richmond? Victoria. 50% fewer listings in wow. Victoria this June over last. So That's, just just some of the numbers province wide a 29% drop. So and it, yeah, and it just I just wanted to say that it shows that if you are selling you're you're in the driver's seat you right are, now. You are for sure. And and Ian if you're in the driver's seat maybe you're making a bit of noise right now. <laughs> I, I want to ask you this. Where where would you think Vancouver's noisiest neighborhood is? Well, I I have to say it's it's got to either be the West End or Kits. Uh, that's where all the fun is. Waking up in the middle of the night to like sirens and people Water screaming. Power washers. The lawnmowers. Lab motorcycles. Last year, there were more than 2,100 noise complaints in Vancouver, nearly half coming from three neighborhoods. Ian, number one, downtown Vancouver, followed by the West End, where I live, and then Mount Pleasant. Wow, Mount Pleasant. Mount Pleasant. Not so pleasant at night. <laughs> Chief uh, Licensing Inspector Andrea Thomas says the city tries to strike a balance with its noise bylaw. However, it's not unheard of to, to think that, yeah, noise is increasing, but to what level is it acceptable to the residents? And people have a different understanding and a different level. Some people expect complete quiet when they go to sleep. Um, you don't get that in the city. So if you want to find out how your neighborhood stacks up, go to cknw.com. Our uh, Simon Little did a, a great job on this story, and uh, it's very interesting. So so head there and, and find Funny it. Funny that uh, there was a siren playing in the back of <laughs> <Yeah>. that. <laughs> uh, I think that adds a little bit to, to the noise level. John, uh, we, we have to get out of here. Thank you for all your uh, hard work. John Meyer, co-host and uh, uh, Greg Schott, who is, uh, well, we've got the A-team in uh, on our technical production today. Thank you. My name is Ian Power. Stay with us. Charmaine De Silva and CKNW Weekend is next from News Talk 980 CKNW.